Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Welcome to another Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Canfield. If you want to hear any old episodes, didyouamerica.com is where we keep them. You can also get our t-shirts there or communicate with the show via that website. Uh, Social media is Camfield off the radio on Instagram or Ian Camfield on Twitter. Uh, now we've done those points of orders, let's get down to talking about our favorite things because there are a few items of news today relating to our favorite things, including, Jeremy, scented candles. Oh, I think this is going to be more about your favorite things. I know we have Iron Maiden coming up too. I don't foresee a podcast where they don't get a mention between now and <laughs> quite some time. I t- we said it last week. We are now Did You Iron Maiden. There will definitely be a Did You Iron Maiden segment to today's podcast. The album's been announced. The song titles have been announced. I'll tell you this. I don't have anything more to work with in terms of new Iron Maiden more than the one new song that we had during the uh, previous episode. But seeing a track listing and not hearing anything else, that doesn't prevent me from getting very excited. No, of course not. I go into fan fiction mode. I start imagining what those songs sound like. But we'll get to that. I have a feeling you're going to be singing a lot of what you think is going to be coming. You wait till I tell you some of the titles and more so how long the songs last. I can't wait. (laughs) So in Miami, guy goes into a mall steals a bunch of scented candles from my preferred candle store and still waiting for them to sponsor Did You America. Where are you, Bath and Body Works? Come on. Talk about you all the time. I've never once bought a Yankee candle. Not once, even (laughs) when I've gone into a Target and they are cheap as chips, as Brits would say. Not only that, you're like the greatest defender of theirs because the moment candles were stolen from their store you didn't hear this story from the news reports about it you started getting signals in your head like something's gone wrong candles have been stolen I'm like Batman the alarms are going off in my my candle cave and I was concerned for a bath and body work somewhere in the Miami area you definitely work in the candle cave I even this is how loyal I am to bath and body works when I was uh, thoroughly enjoying Christmas in July the weekend before last on the Hallmark channel with my uh, free week of uh, Fubo because uh, YouTube TV doesn't do the Hallmark channels and uh, QVC I was watching At Home with David which I I don't know if he actually says it like this but when I watch it in my head it should be just say At Home with David um, <laughs> and, that's uh, 100% how it's said <laughs> and it was um, they had a whole candle segment because at home with David was just Christmas, right? And um, there what was, is at home with David trying to steal our thunder? No, but they were so they had a, a, a guy who designs candles, and he was on there like cinnamon, this pumpkin, that, all this kind of stuff. And I was there watching it, like and at no point did it have me going for my phone or my laptop to put in an order because I thought no. 
I'm sticking with mahogany. As much as I'm enjoying this Christmas in July candle special on At Home with David, um, I'm sticking with mahogany teakwood from Bath and Body Works for, for the time being because I am loyal. And, uh, you know, and also the best thing about Christmas in July is not when they do the candles, it's when they do the food stuff because that's so ridiculous because they sit there in July literally eating bits of turkey and stuffing and like this huge Christmas feast. And then, like, you can tell that in their ear, the host is being told about once every two minutes, make sure you tell them that we don't send it out till December because otherwise people think like they're ordering it now in july and it's never gonna last i'm still caught up on you said there was a guy who designed candles hasn't the candle kind of been perfected you get a block of wax you put some smells in it boom done what uh, else is there to design? Uh, but you become, Does he make like a Z candle? No, you become like a famous designer who makes candles and you can probably sell them for about $50 more than, than other candles. I just think like, you know, give me a block of wax that smells like vanilla and call it a day. You know what? This is kind of weird tangent. You know, someone told me this weekend that vanilla extract comes from like, I think they said beaver rectums. Some gross part of beaver is where we get vanilla extract from. So every time you burn one of them vanilla candles... You're burning beaver butt. Where do you think lavender vanilla comes from? Beaver vagina? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was thoroughly enjoying two old queens on the TV sitting in front of a bunch of candles named after things from Christmas and just going, Oh, yeah. Mmm. There was a lot of that. <laughs> I can only imagine that was the entire show. There's not really else much to say about candles other than, yeah, that one has a different the smell. Be- the best thing about watching shopping telly is how long they have to spend on trying to sell someone a walk or a scented candle. I mean, there is a, there is a skill to it. I've bought I, many walks. I went to, uh, to one of my friends in Chittsville uh, used to produce at one of the, uh, the, the shopping networks. And uh, I went to the studios one night just to see the setup as to how it's all done. And he had someone who used to be a BBC TV kids presenter who was now on the shopping network. So this guy, career-wise, had had fallen quite far. But he was at pains to point out that this was the hardest job he'd ever done. And he was saying to me, Ian, you know, I spent 10 years on Saturday morning kids TV running around with kids getting dunked in gunk and throwing things at me. And sometimes we even have to work with kids and animals on that TV show. And it was absolute hell, but none of it was as hard work as it is standing here, holding bedclothes and talking about the same set for 20 minutes. (laughs) And when he was all stressed about that, you turned (laughs) him and said, can I interest you in a candle? (laughs) Anyway, so the guy's in uh, Bath and Body Works in Florida. And uh, basically, um, he, he took some bear mace in there. Hang on, is that Iron Maiden texting? Oh, no, sorry. I will. I'm going to have to Does turn Bruce off. not know when we record? <laughs> I, all my text messages today have been with people about the new Iron Maiden track listing. Right. When I texted you that I was on the way, you immediately just sent me randomly a thing about Iron Maiden. Like, we weren't about to talk about it in an hour. <laughs> I just ignored it. I went on texting you something else. Jeremy texts me his uh, song of the week choice. And um, I went to uh, to look at what it was on my phone just now and completely forgot that I was going to check out his song of the week choice. I literally just went into back into the text group of like, well, I think the parchment at 12 minutes and 30 seconds is going to be the best song from the album. I just love that you treat... The way you're treating Iron Maiden on your phone is the way I treat internet porn on my phone. You know, sometimes you just can't help but get tracked back into that. 
This is turning me on way more than X hamster ever has. <laughs> so the guys or in candles. Uh, we're going to get to the end of this candle story. So yeah, the guys in uh, Bath and Body Works in uh, Miami and uh, goes in and decides that he wants to steal a load of scented candles. Takes bear mace with him, sprays a bunch of the people that work in Bath and Body Works with bear mace, and uh, so there uh, the cops are searching for him now. But as a result of doing this, he might be charged with thirty five felonies. I can imagine because I'm sure some of that bear mace got on the other candles. So now you go thinking you're smelling vanilla in your house. Boom, you're smelling bear mace. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not such a good thing. You know, every so often they'll get those things about how how unsafe for you certain candles are and there'll be those consumer affairs things they're like right. and you know Bath and Body Works put some bear mace you know in the, you know in the ones that sound like they're named after drag queens like uh, strawberry vanilla cup bear mace <laughs> full of bear mace it's, full of bear mace that's like it, you know blueberry truffle the one that really sounds like it's named after a drag queen full of bear mace apparently candles are like hot dogs and you're still like the one remaining guy eating hot dogs like I don't care what's in them pig lips and assholes send it my way one of my friends uh, works uh, or she did work for a while with Suzanne Summers, you know the thigh uh-huh, master yeah. woman and uh, what was she in she was in a 70s show right I'm on it I never watched it Three's Company was that uh, Suzanne Summers? well the internet doesn't move that fast calm down yeah Three's Company yeah 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 so but now she's all like thigh master and health and all that kind of stuff and my friend who worked with Suzanne Summers was for her said don't buy them they're gonna kill you they're gonna kill you and I'm like <laughs> Suzanne Summers just wants to sell her products. That's all. That's, you know, like, I mean, Suzanne Summers is having T-shirts printed right now that say Bath and Body Works equals bear mace. <laughs> that has to be your biggest fear is that one day a candle is actually going to kill you. I don't have nearly the same passion about candles as you do. Candles get serve one purpose in my house and one purpose only. And that's when my mom's coming into town, it covers up the weed smell of my house. Yet she never realizes that every time she comes over, the same candles are burning and they haven't moved since the last time she's been here. (laughs) And the smell's probably dissipating somewhat. Right, Right, it's like, hmm, what smells like grass being burnt and vanilla? (laughs) Well, what this guy needs to uh, figure out is that you don't have to go to Bath and Body Works to steal stuff because if you save up your money, and Bath and Body Works, if you're listening, this is another reason why you should sponsor Did You America, because I'm forever promoting all of the deals that you do. And what he needs to do is save up his money until around the end of the year when they do Candle Day, which is normally in November. Sometimes it's in December. It's sometimes just before Thanksgiving. Quite often it's between Thanksgiving and Christmas, but closer to Thanksgiving. And you never know what day it's going to be, but it's going to be one day of the year. And on that one day of the year, every candle, every candle in every Bath and Body Works store will be retailing for approximately $9. But you never know when it's coming. And I have another friend in Arizona who is equally, well, maybe no one is as equally enthusiastic for Bath & Body Works as me, but she's close. She's in the same ballpark. And we correspond with one another for us figuring out when it's going to be candle day, when we're going to go, and how we're going to avoid the lines. It's like when everyone was doing Pokemon Go a few years ago, right? Finding those cat Like, literally, like, remember when everyone was like, I've got this, I've got that, and they've got to go, and they were just looking on their phones. We are constantly looking on our phones going, have they messaged? Have they messaged? Have they messaged? Like, set up an alarm, set up an alarm. Did you wake up at 3 a.m. to see if the email came through? Is it today? Is it today? Is it today? And then we'll get on the message we'll never go, I'm in the line, I'm in the line. They're letting us in because it's very controlled. You only allowed so many people at once. You've got a limit on the amount of candles you can buy right and and then and then once we've done our big haul for the year we race home and we send one another unboxing videos 
See, that's- now that is like, that's mm, at home with Ian. And I'm, and I'm literally, I'm literally going to my friend Sam, I'm going, oh yes, mahogany tea, intense mahogany teak wood. And so my friend Sam shall say to me, what makes it intense? I think it's the bear mace. He, <laughs> you think that this guy who robbed a Bath and Body Works for candles is willing to put in that amount of effort for some cheaper candles? He now realizes all you need to do is come over to Ian's house and spray some bear mace. <laughs> Look, he's got 35 felonies. And, you know, I, I haven't been to jail, but I'm willing to bet it doesn't smell that good. I got to say, this is quite a good a- advertisement for Bath and Body Works. Now we just need to end it with the tag Bath and Body Works. Now with slightly less bear mace. <laughs> All right, topic number two of our favorite things, Christmas movies. Something else that I was enjoying last weekend when it was Christmas in July on both the Hallmark Channel and QVC. By the way, I I know I said I was into YouTube TV and I've stuck with it and I still kind of am. But, and I I was all up for cutting the cable. And I know there's like a plethora of things that can give you TV that aren't actually cable. So you don't have to pay like $200 a month or something ridiculous to get all the TV channels. But honestly, out of all of a Sling, Fubo, uh, Hulu, YouTube TV, you can't find one of those platforms that can give me QVC and the Hallmark channels because they, I had to have to for, for what for Christmas in July. You know what my Christmas wish was in July? I needed two streaming platforms because it was the only way I could get both my Christmas in July films. That's where they get you. They know that people watching Hallmark are very much also into QVC. Well, exactly. I mean, this is my market. And if anyone listening to this right now is thinking because this was the reaction of any of my friends who I ran this by QVC still exists yes it fucking does (laughs) and they do Christmas in July (laughs) wait so they don't just show shopping items they actually have like movies and shows on QVC no 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 no. the movies and shows are on Hallmark this is why I needed a streaming platform that had both of them but But, why do you need QVC then because they do Christmas in July selling the stuff oh they're selling all the Christmas items in July so I want to see the sell on QVC and I want to see Melissa Joan Hart post Sabrina the Teenage Witch work on Hallmark which is where her post Sabrina the Teenage Witch work is this just seems like so much effort for a holiday that actually is in December Christmas in July is in July. But Christmas is in December. You know what they were doing on the Hallmark Channel for Christmas in July? Every time they went into ads, they had this dramatic orchestral classical music and it would be like this big light on the TV and it would pan back and the music went down, down, down and the, the, the camera panned back and it was a giant Christmas tree and then it came up Christmas movies beginning October. <laughs> oh god! No, knowing our powers on this podcast, I have a feeling that both QVC and Hallmark this year were like, you know what? No one really cares about Christmas in July. Let's just skip it. And then you've now talked about it so much. They're like, well, this guy loves it. We got to do it for him at least. I was, uh, yeah, I was like simulating the uh, streaming platforms by needing two to get my Christmas in July fixed. Anyway, because everyone loves Christmas so much, there's going to be a real Housewives Christmas movie. Um, Peacock are doing this fucking hell. (laughs) Another thing you have to download. And you know that's not going to be on the free Peacock. Free Peacock is something completely different. (laughs) Free Peacock doesn't exist. 
<laughs> Peacock, are you going to put the, the Peacock put the Premiership soccer on the 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 one that you have to pay for, which is ridiculous as well. Um, they're doing a scripted Christmas movie. It's called The Real Housewives of the North Pole. Now, help me out here, because as much as I'm down with Christmas movies, I don't know about the housewives like oh, you do. You're kidding me. It's going to star Beverly Hills housewife Carl Richards. Wonderful. Yes. Yes. Is it? Uh, so this is, you're hating on this. I think this movie is what's going to bring me and you together. Your favorite thing is Christmas movies. My favorite thing is trashy reality TV. You make them together, boom, we have something we can sit and watch together. Right. Um... I've never, uh, even just before I was going to move to Dallas, someone said to me, oh, you know, there's a Real Housewives of Dallas. You get to see a lot of Dallas in that. Oh, yeah, that one sucks. So, well, so I, I put that on and I, I think I lasted less than 10 minutes. So yeah, I couldn't, it's awful. It, yeah, I couldn't you, deal with you it. You need the OG Real Housewives. That's what you need in your life. That's where you get the real trashiness. I've, uh... I flipped through them. One of my friends, by the way, is adamant that one of the real housewives of Dallas lives in Deep Ellum, but I think she's just been high when she's watching it. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, aren't all the real housewives like dripping in wealth? Yeah, um, in I don't. Massive I can't houses? imagine any of them being in Deep Ellum. She's not like hanging out at the homeless encampment. They, around her. Like I feel, I say, was there an episode where she did something bad, and the terms of her probation was she had to feed the homeless? Maybe that yeah. were, that was when she was in Deep Ellum. You know what? I do remember an episode where one. One of them was in the tent. It could have been the homeless people right by your apartment. Also, like that time boy George tra- uh, chained a rent boy to a radiator and then had to clean up the trash in New York. That kind of thing happens exactly to a real housewife. I mean, you go look at some of their tents. They're really nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't get along with any of the uh, the Real Housewives uh, shows. So I don't know. Like, I'm down for the... I mean, the thing is, is... Hallmark put the Christmas movies, like the trashy Christmas movies on the map, and then Lifetime came along and made their versions. And then last year, Hulu and Netflix made a version each when it was a race as to who could be the gayest in the Christmas movies, because that was uh, 2021. Or 20... Where are we now? 2021. That was 2020. It's 2004. So, um, Real Housewives Christmas movie... I guess is just the next logical step. Everyone wants it. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm definitely going to watch this. I, the only example I've ever really seen of the reality show trying to go into the TV movie. Do you remember back in like the old Jackass days, Bam Margera had a show Viva La Bam. Mm-hmm. They tried to do that once where like they went to go search for Santa Claus, but it was really just like an hour long episode of their show. So if they do that, just basically give me an hour Christmas themed episode of Real Housewives where all of a sudden at one point like Santa comes and gives gifts. I don't care. I'm down. As long as one drink gets thrown on someone. Surely Bam Margera was just like in the snow putting it up his nose like it was coke. Yeah, pretty the, much. The, the, there the, was the, a lot the, of poop and drug talk. The only um, thing that was like Real Housewives Housewives that I sort of uh, liked was that VH1 did a version of it um, with rock stars. I forget what it was called, but it had Duff McKagan and his wife on it. I think it, it was called like Rockstar Wives or something. It was something Perry, very bland. Perry Farrell and his wife. Right, right. Do you remember right. the show? Yeah, I do. And, and what I remember about the show was bizarrely, it had uh, Steve Stevens, who is married uh, to rock? That's it, married yeah. to rock. And he had Steve Stevens on it, who's Billy Idol's guitarist. And every time they went to Steve Stevens' house, it was the tightest camera shot possible. Because if you paid close attention, what you really uh, discovered was that, you know, Duff McKagan lives in a big house like you'd expect a member of Guns N' Roses to live in. 
Perry Farrell from Chains Addiction. They're kind of done all right. They're in, you know, kind of a rock star house. Right. I think the uh, guitarist from Billy Idol was kind of living in a in a one and a half bedroom apartment, and so everything was just like super tight. So, and it would be like, oh, here I am in my studio, and it would just kind of like his studio was more him sitting on the bed with a guitar and, <laughs> and an effects pedal beneath him. He met that- his studio apartment. <laughs> yeah, literally, it was literally, literally, <laughs> literally like that. And again, even when you put rock stars on, who I would find more interesting. My reason for watching that show every week was like, how many more camera angles can they fathom out for the Billy Idol guitarist's house to try and not make it seem like he's living in a studio apartment? One thing that does annoy me about modern reality TV is I get really tired of them showing like the best of celebrity life. I want to go back to when we would show these people at their bottom. Let's get another season of Celebrity Rehab in. Yeah. That's the way to go because... I, I don't need to see them living this glorious life. Show me what the downsides of Mr. One Bedroom Apartment. Show me when Rent's doing. He doesn't have the check to cover it. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's calling Billy Idol like, are you sure you don't want to go on tour, bud? <laughs> All right, let's uh, do the uh, results for Song of the Week, and then we'll set up some uh, new songs and get to the other talking points on today's podcast. Uh, last week, Jeremy shows Are You With That by Vince Staples, 9% of the vote. Woo! I went with Gumshield by... Don Broco, 45% of the vote. And New York producer wins with his choice by the main, which was high forever, getting 46% of the vote. So well done, New York producer. Um, Stand by for part two. We'll give you three new songs of the week. Uh, Also coming up, some stuff on sharks, um, some stuff on pooping yourself, and possibly, possibly some details on the new Iron Maiden album. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? Here are your new choices for Song of the Week. Uh, This time, New York producer has gone with Give Me the Future by Bastille. I have picked The Way That I Do by Duran Jones in The Indication. Any guesses for my Song of the Week? I'm going to guess it's not Iron Maiden. (laughs) Have you seen the writing on the wall? Have you seen that writing? By Iron Maiden. So wait, what's the song? The writing on the wall. But like, uh, never mind. You can vote at digiamerica.com. Uh, I'll get a poll on my Twitter where I am at Ian Canfield and we will have uh, the poll available for you until next Monday. So the writing on the wall by Iron Maiden, The Way That I Do by Duran Jones and The Indication, or Give Me the Future by Bastille. Digiamerica.com if you want to vote via the website. And uh, Ian Canfield on Twitter if you would like to vote using the poll there. Uh, Paul message did you America saying looking forward to the five hour special analyzing every aspect of the Iron Maiden album when it comes out if Jeremy falls asleep during that I'll volunteer to come in and relieve him <laughs> I think that's going to be the one where you just hear me like strapped to the chair in the background with a sock jammed in my mouth like arr, arr, as you're like yes Jeremy that was a good point more about that album now <laughs> I'll be like, that's Jeremy showing great enthusiasm for the new 12 and a half minute song. A rich message to say, I like the new Iron Maiden, but every time I hear it, I hear your goddamn awful kitchen table version. (laughs) I was going to say, do you think that your version is actually like the real version? Because when you were playing the real version when I came in, 
it really doesn't sound like what you're singing. Hey, listen, I was, um, I, uh, New York producer messaged me after he heard the last podcast and said that um, he was concerned that I would lose my voice again because uh, we've touched on this before on the podcast. I had this period where I had laryngitis and nerve damage and all kinds of stuff, and I lost my voice for about two months. This is why I initially quit drinking, and I still stayed not drinking. But the I think the damage was done over a long period of time, but the straw that broke the camel's back was two July 4ths ago. I was having a 4th of July get-together at my house, and New York producer and his wife and a few other people were there. And I we, we'd been drinking all day, and at about midnight, I decided it was a good idea to give them a rendition of a song that I was preparing to play with the Ian Maiden band that we did sometimes when I lived in Phoenix. That's where I sing Iron Maiden. Ian Maiden, see? And um, I think um, that may have been the thing that made my voice go ping. And New York producer has not heard Ian Maiden since that day. So when he heard a little bit of Ian Maiden on the uh, previous episode of the podcast, he was uh, very concerned for the, uh, the the future of my voice again. And I said, and this was actually something that we didn't uh, talk about during the last episode because I was too sidetracked with Iron Maiden. But on the same day that the new Iron Maiden song was released, it was also the two-year anniversary of me not drinking. It's It's a sign, clearly, that... Bust out that Iron Maiden beer. It's time to start drinking again. The appropriate response to that, Jeremy, is to go, two years of not drinking, well done. Well. So anyway, um, I said uh, to New York producer, um, you know, I wasn't sure that Ian Maiden could perform sober, but now I've had that little run through on the podcast. I don't know. And New York producer's response was, I don't think Ian Maiden can perform sober. (laughs) (laughs) It's the one thing that Hollywood is not going to (laughs) reboot. Now, let me ask you this. Now, I don't want to jump ahead too far, but one of the things you told me you were so excited about with new Iron Maiden music is you like to predict what it was going to sound like. Did this new song sound like you thought it was going to sound like? Are you singing that version or are you singing the real version? Let's just jump to the Maiden bit now. Let's go ahead and do it. I don't want to spend too long on it because there's going to be a lot to discuss as more details unfold over the future weeks. No, the song I was singing was they put out a song called The Writing on the Wall. So they announced this new song. They put it online. That was the one I was singing. So as soon as I knew that there was a song called The Writing on the Wall, I could play that new song. That was what they debuted last last week. Right. right? Today, because... Stop reading a text message. Just go on. I just got. Te- I'm getting distracted because people are texting me about the new Iron Maiden. I'm the one who's supposed to get high and get distracted throughout the episodes, not you. Today, Iron Maiden made the announcement about their new album. So last week, all I knew was one song. I had one new song, and that was it. Today, they've announced the details of their entire new album, and it's going to be called Tsunjutsu. Bless you. And it's 10 songs and it lasts 82 minutes. You do the math. That's some long songs. They're really averaging eight minutes a song. This is where I do my fan fiction because they give you the... So I only know what the one song that we've heard sounds like. The other nine songs, all I'm working with are song titles, which members of the band wrote them because they published that information and how long the songs are. And I'm looking at uh, track eight from Senjutsu. Bless you. 
written by Steve Harris, the bass player. 10 minutes and 20 seconds of Death of the Celts. I think that's going to be my favorite. It's just him on bass for 10 minutes. <laughs> you joke, but Steve Harris does like to put a bass intro and an outro to the song like that. So when he's got a story about Death of the Celts and he wants to make it in his mind cinematic, right? He likes a build-up and then a conclusion that's somehow connected to the build-up. So what you'll normally get is the start of the song will just be the bass going... And then that goes on for a bit, and then the song will kick in, and then it will finish, and it will go back to boom, boom, bada, bada, boom, bada, bada, boom, and then almost in a profound way, like the bass is speaking to you and being profound, the final notes will just be boom, boom. Did you get the profoundness from that? Did so you get the profoundness is from that the bass? Su- is that supposed to be better than the Seinfeld theme song? I don't get it. Because that's like the epitome of bass. I'm looking at song nine, The Parchment, 12 minutes and 39 seconds. It's about the paper, right? Parchment paper? Oh, they're baking cookies. Tell us more. Track 10... What you might be naming the segments that we do on Iron Maiden as we move forward with this. Hell on Earth. 11 <laughs> minutes and 19 seconds. Oh, that's just that should be illegal. <laughs> Songs more than four minutes should be illegal. No, there's uh, so there's a nine and a half minute song, a ten and a half minute song, a twelve and a half minute song, <laughs> and an eleven and a half minute song, uh, an eight and a half minute song. There's one song that's 4.59. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> 10 songs, 82 minutes. And in the press release, Steve Harris, who's the leader of the band and the one that likes to take them in a more progressive direction, says that these songs have got some very complicated structures and they were very, very difficult to capture in the studio. What that means is he went in with 12 and a half minute songs and was like, right, here's a song. It's got 15 verses in it, 22 choruses and 81 time changes. It goes like this. No, what it really means is they will never be able to perform those songs the exact same way again. Well, no, they're pretty good with that. You know what Iron Maiden also do when they release this new music and these long songs? They subject their fans to a lot of it live. Like, I'm looking at... I can guarantee this song called The Parchment, because it's the longest one at 12 minutes and 39 seconds, that one will be in the set. How do you sing for 12 minutes about baking cookies? I don't get it. (laughs) Well, when... Chocolate chip. I think it's time to bring back Ian Maiden. I'll play the triangle. Bake them with sugar. Mix in the butter. Now, there's no triangle in Iron Maiden. In Ian Maiden, I am playing triangle. Yeah, we couldn't quite afford a full band, so the percussion's just going to be the triangle. It's either that or the horn thing that uh, Weird Al Weird Al plays. What is that? The accordion. The, the harpsichord. I'm going to play the accordion. Oh, the accordion. Right, 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 right. So uh, yeah, Sanjutsu. It's com- It's coming out on uh, September. Where's the date on this? Oh, I got rid of that day forever. <laughs> September 19th no longer exists, folks. Is that what it's at? Well, I can't see the date. I don't know. We'll just call it my personal 9-11. Uh, <laughs> um, you, 
I'm surprised you haven't already got it tattooed on your face so you don't forget. I'll look it up. You're not too good at internetting. I'm just, well, no, because I just, I'm trying to find it in the track listing and all I'm seeing is um, Lost in a Lost World, 9 minutes and 31 seconds. September 3rd. Oh. Let me make sure that's not a Monday or a Thursday real quick. (laughs) Friday, thank God. Hopefully we can get through a weekend and our episode on September 6th, you'll just be like drunk at that point off of Iron Maiden and not remember. You'll be back to run to the hills. Oh my God, this new Eddie is terrifying. Uh, well, Eddie's meant to be terrifying. I get it. He's but a like, samurai, right? Yeah, That's but... why it's called Sunjutsu. Ew. Okay. See, it all makes sense. Bless you. Yeah. I'm looking at the song list now. Damn it. Now I'm getting, I'm clicking off this page. (laughs) So yeah, I'm doing my fan fiction. There's a, uh, there's a WhatsApp group for us to discuss what we think the long songs sound like and how they'll go. At what point in your fan fiction does Bruce Dickinson move in next door to uh, Glenn and Henry? Because I can only assume that's where your fan fiction of this is going. With Glenn Danzig going, no, I don't want him in next door. The noise of his plane taking off, we don't want him living next door. We can't possibly have that. Henry, Henry, stop it. Stop it now. And Henry's like, shut up. I'm watching At Home with David. They're selling candles. (laughs) We're always watching At Home with David and Glenn and Henry. In that universe, it's the only TV show. If there isn't a part of that comic book where uh, Glenn Danzig and Henry Rollins live together in a gay relationship where they're not watching QVC, I would be very, very disappointed. (laughs) All right, let's talk about sharks. Oh, thank you. Shark experts. See, I told you we'd only spend a minute on Yeah, we got through it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shark experts want us to stop saying shark attacks and call them negative encounters. Because uh, sharks just got woke, I guess. Why Why are we protecting sharks? Now, I'm all for, you know, not coming down on groups and, you know, evolving so people don't get hated just for who they are. But if we're going to keep one group for our inner asshole to be unleashed on, can it please be sharks? Sharks are the worst. Sharks, there's a reason. Sharks are the most irrational fear that most humans have. Because sure, they might not go into an ocean very often. And sure, when they go into the ocean, they might not be in shark infested waters. But the moment everyone touches in the ocean, they're terrified. I'm going to get Jaws style eaten by a shark. The uh, shark experts want us to stop using the term shark attacks because they say it puts all the blame on the shark and isn't accurate. Instead, they want to say shark Shark interactions, or I had a negative encounter with a shark. You know what I can guarantee don't care about the term shark attack? Sharks. Sharks. Yeah, no, they don't speak English or any language for that matter because they're animals. Are we getting to the point now? I don't mean animals like the offensive racist kind. I mean animals like they're legitimate animals. They live in the ocean. Are we getting to the point now where my dog phobia could get me cancelled because I'm scared of dogs? Like That's that's not acceptable. I'm discriminating against four-legged friends. You're like, I love the sharks. Kill the dogs. (laughs) They say that back in the uh, 1900s, 
People used to call them shark accidents. No, they didn't. That's what they claim. And the term attack didn't gain steam until the 1930s. And now people think they're man-eating monsters. But only 13 people worldwide were killed by sharks last year. Really? We're now going to cancel Jaws? It did make me think... You know, have you ever seen... Um, Steven Spielberg. That's who I was thinking of. We're now going to cancel Steven Spielberg. Because of yours. Because he clearly is the reason why we call it an attack. If you're claiming that before the 1930s, all of a sudden, eh, I'd push that back to the 80s. Clearly, after they saw Jaws, like, that's not an accident. That's a full-on murder. They're like, okay, we've canceled Jimmy Kimmel in blackface. What's next? Jaws? <laughs> Good luck, Steven. I, uh, have you ever seen... Um, Jaws the Revenge, the rival to Jaws 3. It's no, the, it's, I'm not you. I don't watch terrible sequels. I saw the original no, and no, the no, original no, no, only. No, 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 This is better than a terrible sequel. This is the Never Say Never Again of the Jaws franchise. <laughs> so they got The to, one that doesn't really go with the whole universe? They got to... They did Jaws 1 and 2, right? And I don't know because I haven't... St- In fact, I should do some more research into this because, you know, like I know everything there is to know about Never Say Never Again, including how it happened and the plot lines. Somehow, when they got to Jaws 3, at the same time that Jaws 3 was made, and I can't even remember if I've even seen Jaws 3. I remember 1 and 2. So imagine how shitty the real franchise got by the time they got to 3, right? right? But at 3, somehow there was a spin-off rival version that was released at the same time called Jaws the Revenge that stars Michael Caine. Oh, God. So it's like... Like the like the is, gen- jo- is the shark like the good guy in that one? Is that the revenge? <laughs> yeah, and the people that are talking that want you to say uh, shark um, negative encounters love Jaws the Revenge because it <laughs> d- depicts the shark as the right. good guy. He's the hero. <laughs> I'm not sure. I feel like because I read this story and I was like, I don't really give a shit about the whole the, 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 what the point of this story was, and I just suddenly thought to myself, we've never discussed Jaws the Revenge, and I thought. I don't feel like I know enough about Jaws the Revenge when I feel like this is probably one of the, the like my favorite movies. I know for a fact that every so often Michael Caine gets asked about it because like it's clearly one of the worst movies that he ever made and his response is always I've never seen Jaws the Revenge but I've seen the house it bought and that's lovely. I don't want to break down the psychology of you but let's just break down what you just said. You were surprised surprised that in this podcast, where we talk about pop culture of mainly current events, that we have never discussed the revenge of... I don't even remember what it's called. Jaws 3, The Revenge of the Shark? No, not Jaws 3. That was separate. There was Jaws 3 and Jaws the Revenge. Jaws the Revenge. There is no... First of all, that's why we're the greatest podcast in the world. There is no other podcast currently running that is discussing that movie. We are the only ones. <laughs> no one took the story about woke sharks and went, have you ever seen the Michael Caine unofficial Jaws movie? Right, like maybe... Michael Caine hasn't seen it. <laughs> maybe Sharknado gets brought up, but not Jaws Three: The Revenge of the Shark, which is a way better title. I don't care what the actual title is. Jaws: The Revenge. Jaws: The Revenge. 
uh, I like the Revenge of the Nerd style Revenge of the Shark. I uh, yeah, I feel I feel like I need to uh, do a deep dive on that. Please no. It's probably <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Let's like, forget that movie ever existed. Like, most, well, like like Michael Caine chose to. Um, like <laughs> most of my favorite movies, it's probably streaming in full on YouTube right now. Right, for yeah, free, yeah. Right? that's absolutely one that's like it keeps popping up. And you're just like, please watch this. It's free. We will pay you a dollar. If you enjoyed Never Say Never Again, have you seen Have you seen Jaws the Revenge? <laughs> this is like well they got a very famous quite well regarded actor to make a really shit version <laughs> of a very famous well to do franchise directed by Sean Connery <laughs> just kidding even Sean Connery would look at that and be like yeah, this is a terrible movie No, he said my wigs got wet one too many times. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't be doing another. I can't be doing another shark <laughs> encounter. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Jaws Sharks. The, Jaws the revenge. What were we talking about? We were talking about sharks getting woke, but I've moved oh. it on to Jaws. The, I've moved it on to Jaws the revenge now. Just, it's a slow news day. Right. I, I, I've just in my head. I've got twelve minutes and thirty seconds of the parchment. <laughs> I mean, the fact that we've now been through about i'd say 40 minutes of this podcast and we've only done five minutes on iron maiden i'm you're getting better your therapist must be so proud that's because i haven't formulated what lost in a lost world sounds like yet give us a sample give us a sample of what it might sound like then it'll kick and they go See, those could be triangles. That's my part. And then and then Bruce thinks it'll be like, don't know where I'm going. Don't know where I've been. Few more lines like that. Then it'll be a breakdown where it goes. That'll be kind of like how it goes. How incredible would it be if like they just recorded this bit and put that in the intro of the song. They actually haven't done it yet. Like, oh, perfect. He just figured out the parchment. No, it was going to be about cookies. That's but... Lost in a Lost World. Uh, lost in a I've Lost given, World. I've given you the parchment already. That's the song about putting the, the sugar that, in. With that's the... a double negative, Lost in a Lost World. You can't do both. The world has already been lost. You can't be lost as well. Don't don't you start nitpicking with Iron Maiden. Oh, I'm nitpicking Iron Maiden. <laughs> Without even hearing it, yeah, I'm never gonna listen to it. Oh, I, I heard a, I heard the the 30 seconds of the first song when I walked in last week. I got enough. It, Can you yeah. just play "Run to the Hills"? No, they don't put that in the live set. You don't go to Iron Maiden for the hit, the four minute hit. You go to Iron Maiden for the 12 and a half minute new songs. Not me. Uh, all right, bit of shit news before we're finished. Uh, Australia's prime minister. Denying a rumor that he pooped his pants at a McDonald's. Oh well, we've all been there. After attempt, after attending a rugby match in 1997, he threw in the rugby match to sound manly because he did, in fact, shit his pants. <laughs> no, I was at a rugby game. Beers, you know how it is. 
what he was actually doing was going out for a curry next door and then it suddenly <laughs> caught him on wares oh, and, no. and he had to like and McDonald's was the nearest place and he just didn't quite make it to the bathroom it, I, I don't care if McDonald's is the nearest place and you're in a bathroom emergency you shit outside on the street you do not go inside to that McDonald's I uh so I, I, I there's I'm, brace yourself I'm about to say something controversial there's, oh, no. there's a school of thought that says that Australia is quite often behind the times and I don't know if that's still the case pre-internet there was a theory that because it's so far away from a lot of the other developed world right things happen in Australia about you know 10 years after they happen everywhere else I'm not sure now they've got the internet that's still the case but this to me seems like the Australian Prime Minister's just suddenly caught up on stories like having sex with Stormy Daniels, injecting bleach, all that kind of thing. <laughs> right. And um, I believe they're having a bad time with the Rona in Australia at the moment. And so he's probably having to do a lot of press conferences and take a lot of flack for the fact that uh, coronavirus is raging there. And then just in the middle of the uh, the interview, he went... By the way, I'd like to categorically deny that once in 1990, 1997, I shit my pants in McDonald's <laughs> after, after being at the rugby. So like, no, one that, like, no one had even asked him about it. He I just, just brought like, it up. The, yeah, well, yeah, because I think like it's it's just sort of like the ultimate deflection. <laughs> Like I mean, like if you so because just because so, people are laughing at him, and I put imagine it in this scenario, right? Joe Biden is doing a press conference and he's saying we're rolling out the vaccine and America is open for business and I've done this that's good and that that's good and that that's good. And then the Fox News or the Newsmax reporter says, President Biden, you said you wanted X amount of uh, percentage of people to be uh, vaccinated by July 4th and you've fallen well short of that. And Biden just looks at him and goes, and I'd like to categorically deny that I shit myself in Chick-fil-A in 1985. I just... That was absolutely Hunter Biden. I can, I can only hope that one day I'm in a position to where I get to give a press conference because I don't care how bad the news is coming down on me. I could be denying the death of 10,000 people saying I didn't cause this terrible crime and I will not mention any of that. All I will mention is the fact that back in 1997, I did not shit my pants inside uh, uh, of McDonald's. I, I just think that this could be a mass the stroke in uh, in PR because previously Australia were very proud of the fact that they were that it seemed like they dealt with coronavirus quite well because they weren't suffering the same rates of infection like the UK and the US were and now I think it's kind of caught up with them so just as a, as, as a deflection attempt he's like have I told you about that rumor about like 1997 maybe this is his like he's dealing I with I had so many pies at the rugby you know what it is <laughs> if you have like a bunch of pies and beer that Guinness goes right through you. That's the other thing. You know when they say Guinness is like food? That's the effect that it has. It comes out <laughs> the other end. I wonder, like, did he walk into the McDonald's and was about to order and people noticed shit in his pants? Or was it after the McDonald's that from all the burgers and fries that he ate, he shit his pants? Let me get some details. Yeah, read on this. the story for us. <laughs> the headline of the story is Australian Prime Minister says he didn't shit his pants at McDonald's in 1997. That is the word for word headline. 
The announcement came as Australia's COVID-19 crisis got worse thanks to low vaccination rates. Wow. <laughs> so he's doing a radio interview and they're like, well, people aren't taking the vaccine. You haven't got the rollout, blah, 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 blah. I'd just like to say I didn't shit my pants in McDonald's in 1997. Maybe this was his way of like getting out of politics without having it to be a real controversy because you get caught for shitting your pants. I mean, that's going to end your political career altogether. No one's going to vote for someone who shit their pants. That's embarrassing. It allegedly happened uh, back in 97. It became a meme in 2019. And uh, street artists even put up a commemorative plaque at the McDonald's location where, <laughs> where it was supposed to have happened in New South Wales. Remember when shitting your pants like wasn't the worst thing you can do as a politician? He like say His quote on the radio show was, can I clear up one thing that that's also what he said to the McDonald's staff <laughs> at the time. Clean up on aisle seven. <laughs> Says it's the biggest urban myth ever. Um, uh, I don't know about that. Bigfoot, this one random dude shit his pants. I think I'm believing the guy shit his pants before Bigfoot. Call me crazy. Uh, Australian Prime Minister, it's complete and utter rubbish. I found the whole thing incredibly amusing and we've always joked about it amongst our team whenever we've driven by it. People will say to me, do you want to pop in for a Big Mac? There's been politicians who have like actually like gotten away with murder and yet this guy's about to lose his career because one time he doo-dooed a little too hard. I mean, there's nothing Again, better than that. I, I the world think, we live in is awesome. I think this does prove that Australia is uh, maybe not 10 years behind the times now they've got the internet, but they're slightly behind the times. He's just catching up on the inject bleach, sleeping <laughs> with porn stars. You know, he's also reading about, do you remember, uh, who was the uh, the mayor in Canada? He died. Oh, uh, Tom Ford? No, that's the Rob that's Ford. Rob Ford. Rob Ford. <laughs> Designer Tom Ford. He's reading about the crack smoking mayor of Toronto who used to hang out at the chicken shop speaking patois. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know what sounds great? Crack. <laughs> and you know what'll probably make me shit my pants? Crack. <laughs> he's like, hey, that guy did all the crack. He never shat his pants at McDonald's, did he? <laughs> no, that guy absolutely shat his pants at McDonald's multiple <laughs> times. It was just the least interesting thing about him. <laughs> if you look at him, that was clearly a guy who would shit his pants all the time. Yeah, he did kind of look. Wasn't there, there was also one of my favorite clips of uh, Rob Ford was... Um, him smoking crack? No, there was a lot of that. But then there was, didn't he, like, he tried to do a... Okay, I need to like work on my PR situation campaign a little bit. And I think like he went to a school and um, they played like rugby or something like that. And it was just him taking out like a bunch of seven year old kids. <laughs> like, literally, like. <laughs> That's my no, dream. No, 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 hang on a minute. I'm getting that confused. Boris Johnson did that. Oh my God. Rob Ford was somewhere public and had to get to a stage and literally was like barging old women out of the way, like knocking them over and We've stuff. We've all been there. Right? So yeah, I think that's... So this guy in Australia, he's just re he's just seen the footage of Boris Johnson knocking seven-year-olds over on the rugby field. He's, look he's reading about the injecting bleach. He's ca catching up with the Rob Ford storyline and he's going like... We need to spin something. All right, well, can we talk about me shitting my pants in McDonald's? 1997. <laughs> I can categorically state it did not happen. I mean, if you got a story like He's that. He's standing there by the plaque that the artists have put out. This... This did not happen. You know what's exciting, though, is on this podcast multiple times, I've shared the story of one of my good friends who shits his pants on a regular basis. Now we know uh, he could be prime minister of Australia. 
in good company. The other thing where Australia is behind on everything, they're still barbecuing shrimp. Fry shrimp already. <laughs> I was in a bar yesterday and um, this actually, I've had a thing with Americans where they can't tell the difference between an English and Australian accent, right? Yeah, well, I've told you multiple times an Australian accent is just a redneck English accent. Yeah, that is your theory on it. And I guess they're kind of like similar. So I get people always guess that I'm Australian rather than English. because of your hair. Maybe. They see you with like a surfer vibe more than like a stuck up vibe. And Americans are pretty dumb, so. They get, and, and they think I'm going to be I offended. I say that out loud. They, they, they think I'm going to be uh, offended. I don't, I don't care either way. Like I was at the drive-thru at Starbucks yesterday. So I put my order in through the, the speaker and then I get round to the window and the woman's handing me my coffee and she says to me, and uh, she said, uh, so do you live here? So I said, yeah, I love it. And she goes, when did you move from Australia? <laughs> and I said, no, I moved from the UK. And she's, oh my God. I said, I said it's all right. You didn't say anything rude about my mum. Like, calm, <laughs> calm down. Well, like, she's like, but I was about to. She was like, but Australians, they shit themselves at McDonald's. You're British. You couldn't possibly do that. But, but the, the, the American confusion of English and Australian went to a whole new level yesterday. I'm in a bar, right? And um, you know, uh, do you know that song "Tempted" by Squeeze? Absolutely. Tempted by the fruit of another, right? I'm being served in a, but this is quite a bizarre experience. The barmaid who's serving me clearly drunk. I'm in a bar, clearly not drunk because I don't drink anymore with one of my friends. And she, it's like Sunday evening, so it's not particularly busy. She is shit-faced working <laughs> behind this bar, right? And I'm like, uh, my future wife. shouldn't it be like the other way around? And so after she started, she, she proceeded to tell me that um, her favorite band ever, A Thin Lizzy, because she's 98% Irish. <laughs> Right, this is the conversation. Even Ireland's like, yeah, that's the worst pick for favorite band ever. <laughs> She's like, well, and she goes, you know, Boys Are Back in Town's their worst song. And then she started to go through some other songs, which I was, I was like, okay, you She's know. She's like, I know Jailbreak. There's no other songs. No, she knew other songs. <laughs> I was quite impressed with her, with her, with her knowledge of Thin Lizzy. And I don't know when she decided she was, uh, she was 98%. Um, Irish, probably on like the fourth rum and coke, I think. But Tempted by Squeeze comes on, and she goes, ah. Oh, this is my favorite Australian band. And I went, they're English. Oh, no. And she goes, what? That's it. So then we started playing a little game as to whether the bands. And I said, do you just confuse English and Australian beyond the accent? Is that what we're doing now? So I was like, let's play a game. Midnight Oil. Let's play the game. Midnight Oil. New Zealand. Australia. <laughs> I almost had it. The Kinks. Oh, England. Squeeze. Well, now I know England. I definitely would have guessed Australia, though. The Bee Gees. Ooh. England. Australian. What? Yeah. I would have guessed American, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's my other observation about America and getting England and Australian confused. If you get a drunk barmaid on a Sunday, it's not just the accent. She's actually confused as to where the bands come from. You can call me Fat Lizzie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you want to vote for Song of the Week, you can do it at didyouamerica.com. Uh, you can also go to Twitter and vote on the poll, which I will have posted there. I'm Ian Camfield on Twitter. Also, Camfield off the radio if you want to follow us on Instagram. Uh, you can send us messages via Twitter and Instagram as well if you have anything to contribute to this show. Uh, also, at didyouamerica.com, you can buy one of our T-shirts. How lovely are they, Jeremy? Oh, so good on your nipples. Uh, we will be back with Did You Iron Maiden on Thursday. Ugh.